it's great to be up here. Many of you probably already know me and, and recognize me, and some of you don't know me, but uh, I am Pastor Sia, and uh, many of you are going like, what? He looks like Francis Chan. That's my, my claim to fame, is I, I do look like Francis Chan, and uh, so uh, I also happen to be a pastor, and uh, that's, you know, one of the things I have going for me, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm really happy to be here. We've been a part, uh, my family's been a part of River Life for about three years now. And before we came here, I was a senior pastor out in Denver, and we were there for about four years. And before that, we were out in Sacramento, where I was a youth and a children's pastor for seven years. And so um, I've, we've, I believe Greg asked me to preach today because he, he wanted me to share about the Alliance. And so uh, I've grown up in the Alliance Church, and I've been a worker in the Alliance in the Mon District for uh, 12 years almost. And so a lot of experience there. Uh, but I also felt like when, when Pastor Greg asked me to, to speak on this topic, uh, he gave me the job of selling you guys the alliance, right? And, and how many of you guys here have, have, are from an alliance church? Okay. So um, some of you already know that, uh, you know, whenever I try to think of ways to sell the alliance, it just didn't feel honest, Okay to be honest with you guys, because I grew up in the church, and you know there's good things and there's bad things, and especially as a pastor, you see the ugly, <laughs> you see the ugly, and, uh, you know, for the most part, my uh, childhood experience in the Alliance was a positive one, but, uh, I mean, I grew up in the Alliance Church, uh, I got saved at uh, 12 years of age at Maranatha Bible Camp. Um, and eventually, I went on to become an Alliance pastor, and my experience was mostly positive. But as a pastor, there were good moments and some ugly ones that, man, I still feel reluctant to share. Uh, the pain was, was, it hurt, the way the church treated you. And I'm sure some of you feel the same way, and, and you have some of those same experiences where you've been judged and, and you've been hurt. And maybe that's the reason why you're here. You know, and, and I, I think about the, the mission of River Life Church. It's hope and healing for second generation Hmong. And, and it's so appropriate because there are so many of us out there that have been hurt by the church. And you would think, man, church is supposed to be a, a safe place. It's supposed to be a good place for us to go and to learn about God and to grow. But, you know, the sad thing about church is also it's, it's where sinners gather because we are the ones that need God. And when sinners gather, I mean, there's going to be problems because we're not perfect. Um, there were moments, uh, to be honest, as a pastor, there were moments filled with joy and, and some filled with pain. There, there were stories that would make you laugh and stories that would make you cry. Uh, I would hope and think and would like to think that your time here at River Life has been a positive one, one that has been filled with healing for all the times that you've been hurt and judged and misunderstood. And we all know growing up in a Hmong church isn't easy. You know, growing up second generation Hmong hasn't been easy. And even now, all grown up, life isn't easy. And you know, don't you just wish there was an easy button for life and you just 
smash that thing and everything just goes the way you want it to. Uh, but that's not how it works. And, you know, when I moved up here to, to Minnesota, uh, it was weird because there were so many Hmong churches, right? And so uh, I just felt like uh, people would go from church to church because there was that option. And what people wanted was to, to go and to find the, the best church. And we would uh, try to, to see which church had the best worship or the best preaching or the best youth ministry, or the best singles ministry, uh, or, or whatever. And, you know, I think that's just part of the Hmong culture here in the Twin Cities. Um, it's, it's just something that we do, because we want to find the best fit for us. We, we want to find something that is worth us committing our time and our energy to. And so we go from place to place, trying to find that perfect fit. So, obviously, some of you have settled here at River Life because it's the best one. And uh, I'm, I'm joking, of course. If some of you guys don't know me, I've got a really dry sense of humor. And I have to tell people when to laugh. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, if you settled here, it's, it's the best choice. Uh, I know in our hearts, most second-generation Hmong want to go to an American church, and it's, it's true. <laughs> I'm kind of joking here, but it's, it's kind of true, too. Uh, and partly it's because we have this fantasy idea of, of what Mika church is like. You know, they do it better. They do the worship better. The preaching's better. And, uh, you know, I've gone to American churches, and you know what it's like? Uh, it's great. They got great teaching, great music. But you just don't feel like you fit in because it's all these Mika people. <laughs> and, and you just don't feel like you fit in. And so we always end up going back to the Hmong church because you want to be around Hmong people. Uh, so River Life, it's like the best compromise. You know, we got Hmong people and we got Pastor Greg, the Mika guy. And, uh, the, you know, uh, I joke about Pastor Greg, not to his face. Uh, don't get me wrong, he's a great guy, he's a fantastic pastor, but I'm jealous because he's white. <laughs> uh, he, he's like privileged, okay? He, he can't mess up, I mean, he can actually mess up really bad, and then he just pulls out the white guy card, you know? And it's all right. Uh, I'm just joking. Uh, if <laughs> Pastor Greg can, can get away with a lot of stuff, but uh, he's still accountable for all of his actions, okay? So uh, this isn't your typical Hmong Alliance church, okay? Um, it's, it's different, and we all know that. And, and I, I hope that many of you have felt that way as well, and that this can be a place for you where you can call home. Um, but my question for you is that apart from how you're received here, about, uh, apart from how you are welcomed at this church, what do you know about River Life, about what we believe, about what we stand for? Uh, we are a part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance denomination. But what does that mean? What, do, what does the Christian and Missionary Alliance believe in? Um, is this the church that you're willing to commit yourself to. I know that right now we don't have membership yet, 
But if we did, would you commit yourself to this church? Um, Pastor Greg has taught on the Apostles' Creed. And so, you know, I think we should all have a better understanding of what our faith is. Do you know where you stand? Do you know where this church stands? Uh, do we as a church fall in line with uh, our denomination, with the alliance? And where does the alliance stand? How is it different from other denominations like the Baptists, the Lutherans, the Catholics? Have you ever wondered those things? Uh, how are they different from us? Is our church okay? Have you ever wondered, you know, this church that we're going to, are we doing the right things? Are we believing the right thing? Are we okay as a church? Um, you know, I think some of these questions are probably beyond some of you. I mean, some of you are just happy because you come here and you hear the message in English. And you don't have to guess about that Hmong guy is saying because, you know, he's doing announcements and it's like five minutes later, 10 minutes later, 30 minutes later, you're like, oh, he's still going on? What was he talking about? Uh, so we're just happy that we get to hear God's word in English. Uh, but it's also important that we know what we stand for. We know what we believe. Um, if you're going from church to church, you probably have some kind of good church, bad church criteria, right? I know I do. Uh, no handshake at the front door? Ooh, that's bad. Uh, mints and soft toilet paper in the bathroom? Check, that's good. Uh, free coffee? Yes. Potluck every Sunday? Double check. That's real good. Uh, seriously now, now, what makes a good church? Well, the Bible teaches us that there's proper criteria to judge the church by. And when we look in the Bible, we see that Paul talks about churches. And when he, wrote, he writes letters to the Corinthians and the Thessalonians and the Ephesians and the Galatians, he describes what they're like. And so we, we kind of get an idea of what these churches were known for and what their good qualities are. Now, uh, certainly, uh, if the word of God is not being preached, but simply false doctrines or doctrines of men are, are given, then there is no true church. And that was uh, a quote from uh, Calvin when he was talking about uh, the Catholic church. And so you see, back in church history, back when the Catholic church was really big and that was the only church available to people, uh, they did things that made you wonder, is this a true church? And out of that, you know, there was some discontent. And reformers like Calvin and Luther came out and, and they started questioning, is the Catholic church a true church? And one of the things he says is, are they teaching God's word? Or are they giving false doctrine? And I believe that that is one of the things that we can use to measure a church. Is what is being taught true doctrine that comes from the Bible? Or is it something that people have made up? And so when you, when you look at the Catholic Church, there's, there's certainly a lot of problems with what they teach and what they believe. And, and you know, one of the things that they do is that uh, when they give the sacraments or communion, they believe that that is a work that can bring you salvation. And that's not true. We, we believe 
that salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And not through works, not through anything that we can do. And so, some of the things that they do became uh, a result of what people believed during that time. And another thing was baptisms. You know, we know that Catholics, they baptize children. Well, part of the history behind that is that during those times, children didn't have a, a very long lifespan. Uh, the child uh, mortality rate was very high. And so when little children died, and a lot of them died when they were young, people wanted their children to be able to go to heaven. And so their thinking was, if we baptize them, then they are saved. But we know that what the Bible teaches is that salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And as a little child, how can you make that faith commitment if you don't understand and so I know it's, it's, that's a whole nother issue. And some of you are going, what? Little babies don't make it to heaven? I'm sorry. Okay, that's, that's a sermon for another day. But that's what the Bible teaches. And when we, when we look at history, uh, we see that there have been indeed many false churches and many true churches. And what was the the criteria that divided these two was how the gospel message was treated, how the gospel message is proclaimed. And for some churches, yes, they might teach the gospel message or they might not clearly teach the gospel message. Sometimes it's what you don't do. Sometimes what our churches do is we make people fall into a false sense that they have salvation. That just because you come to church, you're saved. Just because your parents come to church and you tagged along and you've gone to church all your life, that you're saved. Or that you've done good things in your life, that you're saved. And that's simply not true. God's word says that you have to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And so, is your church teaching the gospel message? Or do we give false assurance to people of their salvation? And so, uh, this idea of, of having uh, a true and a false church, part of that idea, right now I'm, I'm going to seminary, and so I'm learning about church doctrine and about the church, and so I'm, I'm pulling from all these sources, and one of the sources that I pull from is from Wayne Grudem and Systematic Theology is the book that he's written on it, and it's, it's a great book, but I just wanted to share one of the ideas that he gives is that within the true and the false church, uh, there's the false church, and then within the true church, there's the pure and the less pure church. And so when we look at most of our churches, um, I would like to hope and to think that they are true churches, but in terms of purity, there are not as there are some that are more pure and some that are less pure. Um, are we preaching the word? Are we engaging in worship? Are we missional in our endeavors? Uh, or is the biblical teaching weak? Is the worship superficial? Are we uh, rarely uh, 
are engaged in ministry. And so when we look at the purity of our churches, yeah, there's a, there's a range in there. And when we look at the churches that Paul talked about, we see that uh, the, in Philippi and Thessalonia, these were churches that you could consider more pure. When we look at Corinth and Galatia, we can see that these churches are less pure. They had more problems. And, and so when we look at our own church, what do we see? Where are we strong? Where are we weak? What can we improve at in terms of purity? You know, are we preaching the word? Are we engaging when we worship? Are we strong in our missional endeavors? And when I look at River Life, I would, I would like to say, hey, I think we're pretty, we're pure, uh, pretty pure in a lot of areas. And at the same time, we are a, a church plant. We're a young church with younger believers. And so because of that, we are not pure in a lot of other things. Uh, when we talk about church hopping, I think what we're looking for is we're trying to find the perfect, purest church or uh, that's our goal, you know. We don't want to actually go into a church that requires work. But is that what God is calling us to do? Are we supposed to go and find the perfect church? Or are we supposed to go and be a part of a church and help that church to become pure? What is God calling us to do? I believe God is calling us to work for the unity and the purity of the church. And so when we go from church to church, I believe that we are missing out on helping that church or helping the body of Christ to become unified. And we're not investing in the purity of the church. Somebody once said, if you find the perfect church, don't go to it because you're going to mess it up. And I believe it's true. Uh, I think we all have issues that we need to work on, and no church is perfect. But we're called when we go into a church to, to help that church to become more pure. So when is it okay to leave a church? Um, uh, Grudem gives us uh, four, four questions that we as Christians should consider before leaving our church. Number one, he says, uh, have I expended all of my opportunities to affect change in this church? Have I expended all of the opportunities that I have to affect change in this church? Have I tried to change the church? Have I tried to be the change in the church? Instead of blaming the pastor, instead of blaming the elders, have I tried to do something? Number two, will continued participation in this church exert a negative impact on my relationship uh, with God and with my worship of God and my ministry for Jesus Christ and the use of my spiritual gifts? Will continued participation in this church exert a negative impact on my relationship with and the worship of God and my ministry for Jesus Christ and the use of my spiritual gifts? I mean, if you're in a church... And it's impacting you 
negatively and your faith is actually falling or you're not able to worship God or if you're not able to use your spiritual gifts, then that's something to consider. And number three, do I have to compromise too much the essential doctrines and practices and a lifestyle in accordance with biblical values and principles in order to stay? And so basically what this question is saying is actually even if your church is preaching false doctrine, you could be called to stay and to try to help them to realize that and to understand that and to change. But if that church is making you compromise too much in essential doctrines and practices and even your lifestyle, then maybe it's time to go. Number four, do I have a legitimate reason to leave? I think a lot of times we leave because our personal needs are not being met. And so, what are we to do as a church? I believe we are called to work for the unity and the purity of the church. And sometimes that means we have to stay in a church that is not as pure as what we would ideally want it to be. But we are to work towards that purity. Now, earlier I spoke about how we are the alliance. I want you guys to know and to understand what River Life is all about, what we are a part of, because we are bigger than this gathering here. We are uh, indeed uh, of what uh, our president would call a, a beautiful family. And we are not only... Uh, all throughout the United States, but all throughout the world. Um, and the Christian Missionary Alliance has a wonderful history and a wonderful mission. And, and we all know that it was Christian missionary, uh, CMA missionaries that brought God's word to the Hmong people more than 50 years ago. And it was because of that that we came to faith and uh, a people movement happened where clans and groups and villages of people came to know Jesus Christ. And so we owe uh, a great debt, you could say, a spiritual debt uh, to the work of, of the Alliance and to their missionaries. Um, at this time, I want to invite Kyle. He's the director of church multiplication for the Alliance, uh, for one of the districts here. And so if you, if you understand anything about the Alliance, we, we have, uh, you know, local churches. And then we have the district level, which is uh, usually a region. And we as a church belong to the Northwestern, North Central District, okay? I work for the Hmong District. The Hmong District is a little different because we are grouped ethnically. All the Hmong churches are in the Hmong District. But... Uh, this church is a little different because we are part of the North Central District. And so uh, Kyle is um, a leader at that level. And so I want him to come and to share with us what the Alliance is all about and to give us a bigger picture uh, of the Alliance. Thanks, Pastor Sia. How are you all doing? You probably recognize me. If you don't recognize me, you recognize my daughter as the loudest person downstairs. For you kids workers, you'll understand that. 
Uh, my wife Molly and I and our kids June and Elm have been part of River Life for a year and a half. Before that, I was a pastor in the Christian Missionary Alliance, but I uh, took a new role as the director of church multiplication, helping to oversee church plants, uh, River Life being one of them. Uh, I grew up in an Alliance church, and if I didn't grow up in the Alliance church, I would walk in and hear all this Alliance talk and think, is this some kind of Star Wars thing? Because if it is, I am in. This is awesome. We were taking the gospel to the entire universe. Uh, no, that's weird. Um, Christian and Missionary Alliance is a denomination. So I want to just define for you what, when I think of denomination as someone who works for a denomination, this is what I think of. Denominations are simply this, groups of churches that choose to be in a relationship with each other. We're choosing to not be on our own, but instead to be in a relationship with other churches and other Christians. Now, there's all different kinds of denominational relationships and reasons people choose to be in relationships. So some denominations is simply a matter of a very distinctive doctrine. We believe the same things distinctly, and so we choose to be in relationship with each other. Other denominations are based on ethnic background, like uh, Dutch Reformed. Have you ever heard of a Dutch Reformed church? Down in Iowa, where I'm from, there's Dutch Reformed church. So to be Reformed in that way, you should probably be what? Dutch, right? <laughs> I think they let other people in, but the heritage of that church is more based on an ethnic identity. They're bound together under that name. What makes our denomination, the Christian and Missionary Alliance, a little more unique is that though we do have distinctive doctrines, and I, and I like how Pastor Sia put that today and the purity of what we're looking for, though we have distinctive doctrines, that's not our primary uniting feature. And though we have some districts and ethnic associations like the Hmong district that are tied together because of ethnic heritage, that is still also not our primary distinctive feature of why we choose to be in relationship to each other. What makes the Christian and Missionary Alliance unique is that our primary uniting feature is a mission, a mission that God called us to. Our founder, A.B. Simpson, didn't want to start a denomination. He was a pastor at a church, and he saw all these immigrants, people coming in on the docks, and they didn't fit in this church. And the church people actually didn't want them to be in the church. And every week he found himself spending more and more time there sharing the gospel. And it got to the point where they said, you're either here with us or you're doing that. You can't do both. And he said, this is about the mission. And the mission is that we are to reach all people with the gospel, not just the nice, tidied-up church people, but the new people that are coming in off the docks that don't know any, the rough people. We are a denomination that started with work with immigrants. In our political climate today, that's why I like being part of the alliance. We started crossing cultures, working together for the good of all people. So I work for the Christian Missionary Alliance in the geography that covers Minnesota and the eastern half of the Dakotas. 
I oversee the starting of new churches, churches like River Life. Greg says things that get in trouble. I'm the one who has to, you know, the hammer down. So talk to me afterwards if you have anything to report. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, if you don't see me here every week, that's because I do travel around a lot. I go to a lot of different churches. Last week, I was at a church in Apple Valley, and it was actually three churches together, a, a, a Hispanic church, an African-American church, and kind of a white guy church, I would call it. Uh, all three had a service together, and I got to go and share with, that, with them. Uh, next week, I'll be up at a church in Detroit Lakes that's praying about planting a new church. So I get to pop around to all different churches. So if you don't see me, it's because I'm not skipping church usually. That has happened once or twice. But usually it's because I'm going to other churches. So we have over 90 churches in our area that have chosen to be in relationship to each other. And, I, and I, I'm making the claim that that relationship is because we are on a mission together. Does that make sense? And so I want to invite you to think about a bigger thing than just River Life, and what River Life has chosen to be part of is this mission that we're on. And I'm going to say three things quickly. Sorry, I'm not trying to preach here. <laughs> three quick things about what our mission is together in our district. The first one is this. Every man, woman, and child. Think about Minnesota, the eastern half of the Dakotas. Every man, woman, and child having the opportunity to hear the good news about the hope and healing we have in Jesus so that they can respond. We want to give everyone that opportunity. Jesus made clear that he wants all people, all people to have the opportunity to hear and respond to the offer of redemption. God cares deeply about the lostness in our communities. One of the core values of the Alliance is that lost people matter to God. They matter to God. He wants them to be found. So we want to give everyone the opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus. And in order to do this, every one of us has a job to do. Every one of you has a job to do. The image Jesus gave us is simple. We're supposed to be light. You are supposed to be light in dark places. Your workplace might be, has some kind of darkness there. Your call is to be light. Our communities have darkness in them. This church is called to be light. We are called to push back darkness wherever it might be found in our circles of influence. One way we do that, to give everyone the opportunity to hear and to be light, is as a group of churches, we need to raise up God-centered, Holy Spirit-empowered leaders. The commission to make disciples in Matthew 28 was to command to deeply invest and constantly invest in the development of holistic, God-centered, Holy Spirit-filled leaders. We need people that are willing to step together lock arms, and push back the darkness. That's what we're about. So when you think Alliance, the Alliance Church, and what we're a part of, I don't want you to think primarily about doctrine, though I think we have really good doctrine or else I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't pure, I wouldn't do it. But that's not the primary thing. 
And I don't want you to primarily think it's about ethnic association, like we're together because we're the same. Um, we're not, <laughs> okay? Um, what we're primarily about, a denomination, why we lock arms together is we're about mission. And I love the mission of River Life, and I love being a part of this church, and um, thanks for letting me share. All right. Thank you, Kyle. Um, so I hope that gives you guys a better picture of who we are as the Alliance. And I know that at some point, um, we're going to start having memberships in this church. And at that point, you know, I want you guys to start thinking, am I ready to commit to the purity of this church? And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, really uh, I really like about the Alliance is the Great Commission. And that is what they're all about. And, and if you don't know what the Great Commission is, that's Christ's calling for us to go into all the world and to preach the good news and to make disciples. Um, and so that's our big thing. And that's why we have missionary in the title of our name. And so uh, at some point, uh, you know, I think in most uh, established CMA churches, we have a Great Commission Sunday where we come together and we make faith promises and we commit uh, a portion of our income to the Great Commission Fund. And what the Great Commission Fund does is it pays, uh, fully funds missionaries to go into the field and to reach uh, people for, for Christ, to share the gospel message. And they don't have to worry about raising their own funds because the Great Commission uh, Fund pays for all of that. And so I hope that uh, we as a church can begin that soon because I would love to, to be a part of that work. And, um, you know, one of the great things, uh, I mean, even as a pastor, one of the things I want to share is as a part of the Hmong district, I would go to the annual conference. This is where all the churches gather and we do business stuff. But it was also a great time just to meet old friends. And uh, so, I mean, I would love going to the annual conference because you get a sense of what was happening uh, across the U.S. and in all the churches that came. And, uh, but, you know, a few years ago, I was elected to be uh, a representative at the General Council. And the General Council is, uh, is on a national level, not just on a district level where all the district churches come together, but it's on a national level where all the churches uh, send representatives from uh, across the U.S., and what was amazing to me, because you're there and you have missionaries that come back from overseas and you hear about all the wonderful things that are happening uh, around the world. You, you actually see what the Christian Missionary Alliance is doing. It was so encouraging. And so what I want to share with you guys is when you get a chance, uh, do participate in the annual conferences. Do participate in general council. And it is a wonderful experience to help you to see that we are bigger than just this local uh, community here. We are part of something much bigger. And the mission of the Christian Missionary Alliance is, is awesome. All right, let me close us in prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we come before you and, and we ask that you would forgive us, Lord God, if 
in our hearts, we have treated your bride with contempt. If we've gone from church to church, thumbing, uh, looking down on them, instead of lifting them up and building them up, Lord, because the church is your bride. And we just pray, Lord God, that you would help us, Lord, to have a healthy attitude toward those around us, Lord, and to not be so proud as to say that we are better, that we belong to a perfect church, but that to know and to understand that we are all uh, sinners, and we, it is our responsibility to go in and to, to, to help the church to be unified and to grow in its purity. And we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to do that. Help us to do that here, Lord. Help us to know and to understand our gifts and our abilities and to be able to use those for your kingdom. And we pray, Lord God, that you would just bless us as a church and help us, Lord God, to be able to to be able to move this church in purity. Help us, Lord God, to to share your gospel message with those all around us. Help us, Lord, to truly worship you. Help us, Lord God, to be engaged in our community, to share Jesus Christ with those all around us. We pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.